Easter reading is from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told them these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home, marveling at what had happened. Good morning, church. Happy Easter. Would you please rise for our first song?
Remain standing. Do not be seated. Normally I come out here and say be seated. I want you standing because we're going to do something that we get to do once a year. It's something that has been done for centuries. It is done throughout the world. It's called the Easter Proclamation. It's where I get to say something and you get to reply. It's really powerful. So if I can have it up on the screen, I'm going to say the first part and then you get to say the second part. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen. Have a seat. And the resurrection of Jesus is what makes a difference for eternity. Hopefully it has made a difference in your life. Hopefully it has given you a peace and joy and comfort like nothing else that this world can give. It changes lives. So glad you're here today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and what it means want to give a very special welcome to our guests. We're glad you chose to worship with us. Whether you are in the house or online, thanks for coming and celebrating this resurrection of Jesus. Uh, just a couple things if you are new or, you know, have questions about how things work. One of the things you can do is in the chair backs in front of you, this is going to walk you through some things like, if you're a guest and you would want to ask some questions or be known, it'll tell you what to do. If you have a prayer request and you would like it included in worship today, it will tell you what to do. If you are going to take communion, and I just want to pause and talk about that for a second. Here at 1C, we believe that the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, is bread and wine or juice, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. It is a gift that God gives out of love for people like you and me. So if that is your belief, uh, a little bit later on, I'll explain how we do it um, um, a little bit more, uh, but feel free to join us in this celebration. All right, so just be looking at that. Also, we have a digital bulletin just to give you a heads up. Uh, it looks kind of like this. So it's a QR code, so you just take your phone if you wanted to, put your camera on it. Um, we have some throughout uh, the you know, our family gathering area. That'll just help you with sermon notes, prayer requests, activities that are taking place in the life of the church. You can communicate with us through that vehicle as well. If you want a hard copy, we have some at the doors um, that you could pick up if you'd prefer that. All right? Now, one thing I want to highlight is next week. So today's Easter. Yes. Did you know next week is Easter also? Every single worship service, we'll say every single day, but every time we come together, it is a Easter celebration. It's Jesus who rose again for you and me, so we do this every week. Every week. So come on back. Next week, you want to come back because we have a special surprise, and I was told I cannot tell you what it is. It, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, give a hint. It's a treat. It'll be a treat for you. And for those of you that are on in the inside of this, you know what that means. But come back. You want to you wanna be a part of this. Next week, we also start a brand new sermon series entitled God Is. And you've heard me say this before, and I really mean it with my whole heart. What we believe about God will dramatically impact how we live our life. Let me say it again. I want you to let it sink in. What we believe about God will dramatically impact how we live life. And we're going to cover different parts of who God is and how it can help us with things like worry and fear and feeling hopeless 
things like that. So if you're kind of dealing with some of that, um, come on back. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I think that's all that we have that we're going to talk about. We're ready to keep singing. Let's do it. Sing with me. God sent his son. They call him Jesus. He came to love. He and forgive. He bled and died. To 
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. Make your way on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. All right. Yeah, come on up nice and close. Slide on in. Make sure there's plenty of room for everyone. All right. Well, I hope you got some Scooby snacks on the way in this morning. Because nothing says Happy Easter like Scooby snacks, right? No? Peeps? You like peeps? Yeah. Usually you don't get Scooby snacks for Easter, do you? You get peeps or Cadbury eggs. I love those. You get Reese's eggs, chocolate bunnies, s'mores. Ooh, that sounds good. We can make s'mores out of peeps. Oh, that sounds really good. Anyways, why did I give you Scooby snacks? It's a little confusing, isn't it? It doesn't make a lot of sense yet, but hopefully it will soon. Because I was thinking about what that first Easter morning must have been like for the disciples some 2,000 years ago. I mean, they were following Jesus for three years. They, were, they saw him as their king. They were waiting for him to take the throne in power. And then on Thursday, he was arrested. And then Friday, he, yeah, they killed him. He was beaten and nailed to a cross, and he died. And they put him in a tomb. And then three days later... On that first Easter Sunday, they went to the tomb to, to visit Jesus' dead body, and he wasn't there. They couldn't find him. He was gone. What happened? Yes, he rose from the dead to forgive our sins. That is right. And so that got me thinking, well, what was that like for those disciples who weren't quite sure what was going on yet? And that made me think of this video. So we're going to watch this video to see what it might have been like for those disciples. All right, let's see. The dog could not find her, could he? He was confused. Yes, she was behind the door, and he almost ran into the door and still didn't see her. And he just kept running around looking for her, confused, like he knew she had to be there somewhere, but he couldn't find her. Yeah, like Jesus. They're like, where did he go? What happened? What's going on? So let's take a look at John chapter 20 at what really happened. All right. It says, early in the Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So see, she was confused. She went running. Like, where'd he go? 
So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Do you see? They were tearing after the tomb like the dog running around the room. They were trying to find, where did he go? What's going on? They couldn't find him. He wasn't in the tomb. And then the disciples went back to where they were staying. They were confused. Where did he go? And now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken the Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. She can't find him. And then Jesus appears to Mary, and this is what happened. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he, what he had said, and these things, what the things that she had said, he had said to her. Did that make any sense? I stumbled over those words, didn't I? I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. So she goes running back to the other disciples. I found him. She was so excited, wasn't she? Yeah. That's right. At first she was confused, and then the angels explained it. He had risen from the grave, that he wasn't dead. He's alive. And you know what? Jesus is alive. That's why we're here. That's what we're, what we're celebrating. And Jesus isn't hiding. In fact, Jesus is the one who did the seeking when we were lost. Luke chapter 19 tells us that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And that's what he did. And because he left heaven, came to earth to give up his life, to die for us and rise from the grave alive, we don't have to be lost anymore. Jesus found us and he rescued us. And we can run around excited like that dog on the video because we have this good news to share with people, don't we? That Jesus is alive. So when you eat your Scooby snacks that are shaped like dog treats, remember the excitement of that dog. And that, that first Easter morning did not go the way that people expected it. But it went even better than what they expected. And we can celebrate that Jesus is alive. He found us and he rescued us. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and bow our heads and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, you are my king. You are alive. And you found me. I am here to worship you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Happy Easter.
A sinless life you would live and teach. Apostles 12, often hard to reach. Your love for them was to the very end. The disciples held a worldly view of a kingdom that would come through you. Betrayed with the kiss of I can have the Easter proclamation up there again. Let's do it again. I want this to be in the crosshairs of our focus today and tomorrow and forever. But, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. 
I want you to be thinking about that, that message, as we prepare for communion. It's that message that gives us hope. It's that message that gives us forgiveness. And that's what this meal offers. You know, one of the things that we find in the Bible is, I call it the bad news. We're all sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, which means separation from God forever. But God did not want that. He wanted us to be connected with him for eternity so that we can sing and say our hallelujahs forever and ever. So I want you to be assured that even though you are a sinner, there is forgiveness because of Jesus. He came to this earth for you and for me. He took care of all of sin for all of time. And as we come to him and we say, Lord, forgive me, he looks at you and says, I love you and I forgive you. So be sure of that because of Christ. All sin is taken care of. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue now with the distribution of communion. And if you have those individual communion um, sets, feel free to receive those elements, that bread and wine, believing and trusting that the body and blood of Jesus forgives you of your sins. If you're going to come forward for continuous communion, um, just so you know, we do have gluten-free uh, bread as well as grape juice. If you desire that, just let the server know. We're going to have four stations for, uh, for service today. So just kind of look at your server. They will point to you and kind of encourage you to come up um, when we're ready for that. May God bless our time together as we remember these are God's gifts for all of God's people. Amen.
as a pastor, one of the most, we'll say, emotional moments for me is communion. I know some of your stories, not all of them. Some of you are experiencing the joys of life and you couldn't rejoice any higher. And yet I know some of you are really hurting. Some of you are feeling broken. And I'll say what's emotional for me is no matter where you are on the spectrum, when you come forward and you put your hands out like this, and your eyes just see, quote, bread and wine or juice, but God is giving you himself because he understands brokenness more than we know that he does. And he loves you through it all. So my prayer is that this body and blood of Jesus would strengthen you, would empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you on this Easter morning with our prayer spoken and in our hearts from our 1C family. A prayer for Barb Bettel. She broke her ankle and is going to Emerald Care. God, please watch over our mother and keep her and her fellow soldiers safe so they can all come home to their families from deployment. Lord Jesus, thank you for your victory and power over sin, death, and the devil. We thank you for the miracles of healing that you are giving Nancy and ask that you continue to pour out your love, peace, and healing. Bless Jim and Nancy and help them to rest and rejoice in your victory and the good news today. Finally, Father, happy birthday to Tim. He has been such a blessing to one seat. Be with him and Josie as they move to Colorado to further your kingdom. Glorious Father, by the death and resurrection of your son Jesus, all of our guilt, shame, pains, and sufferings that we have experienced in the past, the present, and in the future have been taken from us. We place our hope, our lives, and our trust in you, Lord, as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If I could have the uh, Easter proclamation up on the screen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's do it again. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for humoring me. But it's more than that, right? Isn't that the message? Now, how many of you like to go to parties? Okay. I like going to parties. I do. And I'm going to tell you about when I was younger and I went to parties. I'm not going to talk about my high school years. That would not be good. I'm going to go back to grade school. There was nothing like it when there would be a buzz going on around the classroom. So-and-so is going to have a birthday party. 
and you just kind of start feeling excitement. This is going to be kind of cool. And then you get the invitation. You know, you get it, and you kind of open up, and it tells you the day, the time, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, this is going to be cool. Can't wait. It's going to be good. Well, I want to tell you about a party that all of us are invited to. Every single one of us. And it is going to be the best party ever. And you know who's throwing the party? God. And he throws the best party. In fact, it's the theme from Genesis to Revelation. There is going to be a party to end all parties. And you are invited because he loves you and wants to spend time with you. And even when Jesus was on the earth, he taught about this party. Many times he would give a picture of it. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, the, uh, let's see, parable of the lost son. Now, maybe you've heard it as uh, the parable of the prodigal son. Either way, we find it in Luke chapter 15. And what I like about Luke 15, God understands how slow we are. So he tells three stories that talk about lost and found. Three different stories. And we're going to focus in on the third story, the one about the son that was lost and what happened. And I'm going to give you just a, a kind of a high-level, quick flyover, what happened during that. So just kind of walk with me. Very important elements to this. All right, there was a dad. And a dad had two sons. And the younger son comes up to dad and says, Dad, I want my inheritance right now. Give it to me. So the father gives him the inheritance, and the younger son goes away to a far country. And then <laughs> this younger son loses everything. I mean, everything. He goes through all of the inheritance. His life kind of turns upside down. It's really bad, folks. It's really bad. Things aren't going great at all. So now he is desperate. He's desperate to do something. And, and so he goes back home. Going to do a little illustration here. So he goes back home, and we find that the dad kind of runs out to him. All right? But now I'm going to do, do something for you. I'm going to give you two different scenarios. Scenario one and scenario two. Scenario one is what I think probably would have happened if I were telling the story or if I was involved in the story. And then scenario two is what I call ridiculous. It is over-the-top ridiculous. I don't get it. I can't fathom it. I can understand scenario one. So let me tell you scenario one. You're such a loser. At the very time that you started walking on the face of the earth, you made one bad decision after another. And all the time, I was embarrassed. You would do the stupidest things, one after another. And this last thing, oh my, I give you my inheritance. You go off to a country, you squander it, you waste it, making one bad decision after another. You know what? Now here's, here's a part that you need to understand. As Jesus is telling this parable, this story, any Jewish person that kind of knew the law would understand 
something called Kisesa. It's in the Talmud. It's the Jewish book of law. And what would happen when somebody like this embarrassed the family, family and friends, and anybody that wanted a kind of a party? This is kind of a party. It's a weird one. They would get a pot like this. They would fill it with rotten food, stinky, smelly, slimy food, take animal dung, put it inside of this too, pack it all full, and then they would go out, and the whole party would be here, and they would take the pot, and I'm not going to actually smash it, but would smash it at the feet of the person that embarrassed the family. Ultimately saying, I'm done with you. You're dead to me. You're no good. That's what they were expecting when Jesus was telling the parable. But that's not how it went. So let me go to scenario number two. Now, again, this is ridiculous. This is really ridiculous. Son, I never, I will never forget when when your mom told me that she was expecting you, the joy in my heart, the anticipation of your life. And when I held you for the first time, let me tell you, my heart has never beat harder and faster than, than that. And when I watched you grow up and the things you did, I mean, you were, you were, you were so cute. Kind of like me. But everything you did, I just delighted in what you did. And, and even this last thing that you did that wasn't so good, I love you. In fact, when you went off with the inheritance, I did not waste a moment. I prayed for you. I waited. I watched. I wondered. And I prayed, Lord, bring him back. Bring him back. I want him to be back with me. And when I saw you from a distance... You haven't seen me run much, have you? I ran because I was so happy, so glad you're back. So much so, I told the servants, get the best robe, the best robe. Get the most expensive ring. How about shoes? I'll give you the best shoes I have. We'll, we'll, we'll get you all set up, and then we're going to get a calf, and we're going to have a part. Well, not just any calf. Let's get a fattened calf. That would be good. Not just a fattened calf, but the best fattened calf we have. And we're going to throw a party, and everyone's going to come because you were lost and you're now found. I am so glad you're back. <laughs> For a moment... I just thought about when uh, I have a niece, when she was, say, that age, um, I would put the hand out like this, you know, and she would say, you're not worth the five or whatever it was. And it was like, I'm cool. I can do this. But it didn't work well. Now, did you get the, the ridiculousness of it? If it was me, if it was me, I don't know ridiculous by myself. I could be very judgmental. In fact, we live in a world that really this is the reality. 
We look at people and we see them and we think that they're stinky, smelly, slimy, and worth nothing. The ridiculousness of the story of the prodigal son. That's why, I, if you even hear me teach this before, I don't even like calling it this prodigal son story. I like calling it the forgiving father because that's the main character. The ridiculous love of the forgiving father who goes over the top to welcome this lost son in. But there's another character in the story that I, I don't want to forget. Because sometimes we can identify ourselves with the older son. Do you remember what the older son thought about this? He thought it was ridiculous. He was right. But he was ridiculous. He says, hey, wait, Dad. I've stayed here all the time. I've been really good. I have pleased you by my behavior. And it just kind of fits in with how the world looks at life. That it's all about us, quote, pleasing God by doing the right thing. But it's not about that. It's about a God who sent his son, who suffered and died and rose again, and paid for the sins of the world. Let me walk you uh, through a couple scriptures. John chapter 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. God wants us to be his children. God desires to be with his children. And that's how this works. I know it's ridiculous because sometimes us kids do stupid things. And yet he wants to. Or how about 1 John 3? See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. And it's all on the God side of it. Getting the picture, it's his love for people like you and me. Or how about John 10? I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So we have this God of the universe, powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, and yet personal enough to know, to know our yuck. And he knows what we need. I mean, he sums it up this way in Luke 15. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I want to use another pottery image, and I'm going to just look at the word kintsugi. It's a Japanese word, and it's a Japanese art form. And what they actually do in uh, certain circumstances is when a, a pot gets broken, they don't just, quote, sweep it and throw it away. That's not what they do. In this form of art, they take the broken pottery and they put it back together. But here's the thing you got to grab hold of. This is the craziness of it. They don't just use cement or super glue. Or like if you remember my story about this uh, lamp that I broke in my parents' living room, I used Elmer's glue. You know, that, that's not what they do. 
Instead, what they do is they take fine gold and piece it back together. And here's the thing. Just wrap your mind around this for a second, and then I'm going to bring it all home. (coughs) The value of this pot is greater after being broken and repaired than it was before. Just think about that. The value of this pot is greater than what it, before it was broken. Wow. But isn't that the story of Easter? God looks at you and me. He understands our brokenness. He understands our pain. He understands all the yuck that's inside of us because of sin. And he says, I've got this. There is not a brokenness I can't repair. And if you're sitting here today and you think that your brokenness is beyond repair, I have some absolutely ridiculous news for you. He loves us with something that's even finer than gold. The precious blood of Jesus shed on a cross 2,000 years ago. And that same Jesus who on the third day rose again from the dead, he did this because he loves you. And he's not going to stop loving you until we're in and with him. And that can happen today, right here, right now. Some of you know my story. For many years, God was like a, a thought over here. And maybe it was just a thought up in my head, and and it didn't go the 18 inches down. This is where it changes one's life. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. In just a moment, I'm going to be praying for you. And wherever you are on the spiritual spectrum of, I love Jesus and I would do anything for him to, I think I know how to spell the name, but I don't know anything else about him. I want you to know God wants to connect with you today. He wants you to know his love more than you did before you came in today. And he wants your life to be changed, transformed. He wants you to feel loved and valued, just like that younger son. Because that's our story, right? The ridiculous love of God for people like you and me. So if you would, please stand. I want to pray for you and for me. Lord Jesus, we we get the picture. Thanks for telling that story of that son that was such a screwball that you decided to keep loving and keep waiting and keep wanting. Thank you for your arms open wide. Thank you for fixing us to make us better than we were than before. And Lord, as people are in this place today, and as people are are out there somewhere watching this too. Lord, we all have a brokenness. But teach us what it means that there is not a 
There's not a single brokenness you can't repair. That you can heal us right here, right now. And give us a hope and a peace and a joy that will be like nothing else. So thank you. So we lay this all before you. And we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I can have the, gospel, uh, the Easter proclamation up again. Let's say this out loud. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.
God's not dead, he's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Jealous for me, love's 